0: listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Balkum as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum. Welcome to the Save the Marriage podcast, the podcast designed to help you thrive in your relationship no matter where it is right now, no matter where you are. In your relationship, in your marriage, I want to help you move forward with that, even if you're at the place where you just don't know how to go on. And that's where we're focusing our energy today. As you know, over the last little bit, for the most part, I've been answering your questions, listener questions that have been submitted. And today is the same. I'm going to be answering a question from Susan. So, Susan, hope you're listening, tuning in. But guess what? This applies to many people. In fact, That's what I'm looking for in these questions. If you've got a question on your mind and you think it might be good for other people to hear the same answer, that's what I'm looking for. I call it the Goldilocks question. So I'm looking for the just right question, which means that if you ask a question that is so specific that it only applies to your situation, you probably have stepped into the place of asking a coaching question in a coaching situation. And if you have such a broad question like, well, how do I save my marriage? You know, I'm going to refer you to my save the marriage system because it is comprehensive. And part of what we're talking about here is, you know, a 15, 20, maybe 25 minute conversation where I can't give you all the details on saving your marriage, and by the way, you need some guidance that's written down that you can follow piece by piece in order to put that together. Now, if you're interested in that, you can find that by going to savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com, and if you think you have that question, that middle-of-the-road, just-right question, send it to me at podcast at savethemarriage.com. That's podcast at savethemarriage.com. Even if you're not sure if it's the right question, send it over and I get to decide that because what a lot of people realize is when they're actually sitting down and writing down their question, it helps them do some clarifying anyway. Okay, so let's jump into Susan's question. Susan's note, I'm just gonna pull out a part of the note because she gives me lots of details about uh, what happened in their relationship, but it brings us to this present moment. She says, I am in shock. My husband said that we, he, uh, let's see, I'm sorry, uh, he cares for me but doesn't love me. He cares for me, doesn't love me. Another way of saying that is I love you but I'm not in love with you, okay? Uh, back to Susan. She says he wants a divorce, says there's no way to see a way forward and I don't. So then her question, how can I guarantee that we don't divorce? I need to know I can do it. I need to know I can save our relationship before I get started. Notice that question, I need to know I can do it. So how do you guarantee that? And that, she puts it, that is the question. So, dot, 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 the question. How can I guarantee that there is no divorce? This is one of those places where many times we want to have some guarantees before we take action. I don't see where we do it everywhere in life. You know, We don't start a job guaranteeing that we're going to work that job the rest of our lives. And we don't start a diet guaranteeing that we're going to lose a certain amount of weight. We don't start treatment on major illnesses guaranteeing that it's going to be a successful output. And yet we do it anyway. The outcome, we don't always know. When I was a chaplain at a hospital, I watched people come in with lots of uh, big, uh, horrible diseases, lots of cancer cases. I, I actually monitored uh, the cancer floor for uh, a while, a good number of years. And on that floor, you know, people would come in who had conditions that looked like they might be terminal. And even in the terminal cases, sometimes the doctor would come in and say, hey, we've got this treatment, I don't know, maybe a 10 20% chance of survival, would you go for it? And many times they would. So that means that 80 to 90% of the time, they're not going to be able to beat the cancer, and yet they step right into the treatment, leading me to wonder what happens when we're faced with a crisis and we have the question, how can you guarantee that I will save that? Now, I don't want to get away from uh, what's behind this. I want to delve into that today and talk about why that's the case for us because we we don't want a heartbreak right so here's the point there's only one guarantee of no divorce and that's not getting married and i'm not saying that flippantly i mean i want you to think about that at the depth of it there's no guarantee of any relationship the reality is if we open ourselves up to love we also open ourselves up to hurt That's just the nature of that that piece. When we're attached to something, there is going to be some hurt attached to that along the way. If I am so intimately tied to somebody and their future, and they're intimately tied to me and my future, at some point we're going to hit a snag. We're going to hit some conflict. We're going to have a difficult time. We're going to have a decision we have to make that's going to be hurtful somewhere along the way. Now, let's even, without it being A relationship that doesn't work. Even if it works, there is going to be hurt along the way. It's just the nature of being that level of attachment. So if we're going to love, we're going to have hurt. We just have to accept that and recognize that's part of the deal. Now here's the thing. You could say, well, I'm going to avoid that. I'm just not going to love. But not loving is a whole lot worse Than having the pain or the hurt. Because when there's hurt, there's pain. All it means is that it mattered. Many times I talk with people who are in the midst of grief and they tell me how badly it hurts. And my answer is that tells you how much you were connected. When we're that deeply connected, the loss of it is going to hurt. And that's not avoidable in our life. We kind of play this place in our society where you know there's not supposed to be loss, there's not supposed to be hurt. We should always be happy and always be comfortable. That's not the case. In fact, that's a fairly recent piece of, of, of our history. For many, many millennia, we just accepted the fact that there's going to be hurt along the way. I'm going to hurt myself. I'm going to have injuries. I'm going to have illness. I'm going to lose people around me. It's just the nature of the world. And now we have this this kind of place where we believe that there's a bubble around us so where we should always be happy and never feel pain. But that requires us being detached. And as humans who are connecting creatures, that's, that's even worse. So if we're going to have love, we're going to have possibility of pain along the way. It's just, it's just unavoidable. So the reality is when we're open to love, we're also going to have to be open to the hurt. So if we kind of realize that, let's think about that a different way. Let's say that you've got a friend and suddenly that friend says, you know what, I I don't want to hang around with you. If that didn't bother you, if it didn't hurt, there wasn't much attachment there anyway. And let's deepen it a bit more. Whenever there's a relationship we're involved in, if it matters, if it changes, it's going to hurt. Much less so, then when you're creating a marriage, which at its best is two people committing to becoming a we, to not losing themselves to it, but bringing their best selves to being a team, to being a unit, to seeing themselves as being a part of each other's lives so deeply that they move not as in lockstep, but as one as a unit. I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about with marriage, of crossing that threshold into being a we, So that brings us to what the second best, if the only way you can avoid divorce, guaranteed avoid divorce, is by never marrying, what's the second best thing you can do? And that is to understand marriage and commitment from the very beginning. The problem is we buy into the myths of marriage. For years, for a number of churches, uh, I had to see everybody who, well, let me say it differently, they had to see me before they got married. (laughs) They had to come to my office for three sessions with me. One of the things I noticed from that is they came into my office believing they had already beat the odds. Sure, I could tell them that half of marriages in the United States, generally about half, are going to end in divorce and that they needed to guard against that and they needed to get ready from the very beginning because things would change. And each time I would say that, they would look at me with the belief that they had it different. Sure, their parents might have been divorced. Maybe they've seen some friends get divorced, but their love was different. They were truly in love. And that love was going to beat all the odds. Unfortunately, what they miss from that is what they were in love about, the feeling of in love, would shift. That didn't mean it had to go away. I'm not saying that the relationship had to have nothing to it, but it would shift along the way, and it had to make a shift in their lives to something different, but they didn't want to hear it, so the best I could do is warn them of that and remind them that if they had some issues, they might want to come back and visit some more. What I realized is that when people are approaching marriage, very few people are recognizing that they need to make the shift to being a we, to being a team. They see that you and me getting married has worked pretty well, so we'll stay you and me because there's the and in between. You and me. The problem is you and me when brought into a marriage, if it doesn't shift to we, becomes you versus me. And that's where the problem really starts eating away. So part of what we have in our culture is a lack of understanding of the true nature of marriage. Lots of times people have gotten my system and and have written me and said, you know, this ought to be mandatory reading for people before they get married. That's why I say this podcast is for people who are trying to save their marriage no matter what stage they are, even if they are not in trouble at this point. You can still learn how to because here's the secret. How to save a marriage is how to keep a marriage healthy in the first place. Sure, there are some different ways you need to approach it. There's some different ways, but the principles behind it are the same regardless of where the relationship is. How you build and how you rebuild, they end up being very similar. Just the approach is a little bit different because of the barriers that are there. So we have the reality that crashes in because the myths of marriage that surround our culture They don't last long in the face of reality. So when reality comes in, people get into trouble. So the next, the second best way of avoiding, making sure we go in understanding what marriage is about. Very few people do that, which brings us to the third best way. And the third best way is to work to right the ship. Now, let me just note that Susan wanted guarantees, So the guarantee, the only guarantee of not getting a divorce is not ever marrying. The second layer down, not quite a guarantee, but the best option for avoiding divorce is making sure you go in fully aware. The third best option is to go in understanding what went wrong and working to right the ship. One of my favorite sayings is an um, a Asian uh, proverb that says that the best time to have planted a tree is 30 years ago. The second best time is now. And that's, that's the thing. You know, If, you, if you're going to need some trees, you better have already planted them. But if you haven't, waiting longer isn't going to help. And so the best time to uh, fix a relationship is long before it ever gets into trouble. The second best time is today, starting now. Even if you don't have a guarantee of the outcome, even if you're not sure what's going to happen, it still makes it the best time to do that. So the third best way to work to right the ship now, based on understanding what you're trying to get to, and now you know that, it's getting to a we, to a connection, So there are a couple of secrets to this, and I call them the three simple steps to saving your marriage. And I want to be very clear. Simple is not the same as easy. Simple means that it is direct, it's easy to understand, but you still have to work to execute it. Now that goes pretty deep when you have to understand three simple things, only three simple things, but you have to figure out how you're going to execute that. So, what are those three simple things? It's my three C's to saving your marriage connecting, changing yourself, and creating a new path, connecting with your spouse. Because what I've discovered is that marriages in trouble are disconnected almost across the board. Marriages that are struggling are disconnected, not for malicious reasons for the most part. People have done what I call hitting the pause button. They hit the pause button on their marriage when kids come along or job situations happen or uh, you know, life gets in the way. Hobbies, friends, whatever, so they let life get in the way. It's probably a better way of saying it. And suddenly the relationship is put on hold they hit the pause button and there's only one problem with that there is no pause button for any relationship relationships are doing one of two things they are either growing and expanding or they are contracting and shrinking that's the only two things that happen there is not no such thing as static think about it with friends Let's say you have a friend, you're like, okay, you know, I'm kind of busy, I can't see that person for a while, but we'll get back together sometime in the future. By the time you get back together, you both have changed, you both have grown on, and by the way, your willingness to even have that engagement is probably lower. You're probably at some point going, wow, why was I so connected with this person at some point? Because you've fallen out of touch. There's no static in our personal growth either, We're always changing. We may not see it, but we're always changing and expanding. So the first rule is to connect with your spouse, to reconnect, to rebuild the connection. You just have to do it in ways that don't chase away your spouse. Many times people try to connect from a place of neediness. In fact, that's one of the things that Susan's going to have to look at because if she is too afraid to start saving her marriage until she's guaranteed that she can save her marriage, she's coming at it from a place of need. I'm, I'm desperate to say this. I'm desperate to have this. And that's going to lead into a bit of a trap. So, connection is the first thing. The second thing is changing yourself. Now, let me be very clear. I don't know you, but I do know this about people. We stop growing and changing in ways that we need to grow and change. Usually, somewhere in adulthood, we kind of. Stop that. We, we stop bringing energy into our lives. We don't look at the places where we're stuck. And so I want you to think of this not as I've got to fix myself, but more about the idea of self-expansion. The fix myself means that somebody, me or somebody else, thinks that there's something wrong with you. That's not what I'm saying with change yourself. What I am saying is that we all have a place of expanding further into life. Maybe finding our deeper purpose and meaning. Maybe trying out some new things and bringing new energy into our lives. Maybe making shifts in our lives that bring us forward in our ways of thinking and understanding the world. We are all about growth. I mean, that's that's human nature. We need to be growing. So let's just notice that those two pieces are both human nature. Humans have a need for connection and a need for growth. When we are disconnected, we feel the pain. When we're not expanding, we get stagnant. And so those two are just based in our human nature. The third is in the nature of marriage, of creating a new path. Many times people haven't built a we. And so part of we, a huge part of we, is really not about what's happening between a couple, but what's happening between your ears. How you understand it in your mind, how you think about your relationship, how you approach it around central themes like sex and money and parenting and making plans for the future, all about about how you do that as we, what is good for us, not what's good for me or what's good for my spouse, but what's good for us. And that's creating a new path for your relationship. So there are no guarantees I think we've already clarified that there's no guarantees unless you don't get married and then you've you've guaranteed yourself you know that disconnection anyway that lack of place for expanding into such a permanent relationship so there's no guarantees but there is an importance in trying and susan this is where i want you to kind of think about pivoting that sometimes what is more important is that you can look back and go you know what i did what i could Given what was going on, I did what I could. Many times I hear from people, you know what? If my spouse decides to start working on this, then I will. So it's kind of a standoff. If they do, I will. The fact is that in any change, somebody has to initiate it. And if you don't want the divorce if you don't want your spouse to initiate that process, you might want to initiate a process in the other direction because somebody's got to initiate something. It will get initiated. The question is which way it's gonna go the way you want it to go or the way at least at the moment your spouse might want it to go. I would just speculate that for you, your family, your spouse even, and culture, we're better off if we create loving, committed relationships where there's already some level of commitment. In other words, where we save as many marriages as we can. There are some marriages that are so damaged or so abusive that they need to end. But that's not half of the marriages in the United States or half of the marriages even in the world. There is a percentage. And we get focused on that. When we start talking about avoiding divorce, people say, so you think anybody should stay married? No, I don't. In fact, if two people both are saying, I don't want to be married, there's nothing I could say or do that will change that. But there are a lot of relationships where somebody doesn't see the other option. It's not necessarily that they want to get divorced. They just don't see any other way forward. More than that, it's not that they want to get divorced, but they don't want the relationship they have. In fact, many times when I'm working with somebody who's trying to save their marriage, they don't want the marriage they have right now. They want something better. So the question is, can we move towards that? And the question is, are you willing to take that on? Susan, that's the question. Are you willing to give that the try? At the very least, so that when at the end of this, you can look in the mirror and know, regardless of outcome, I did everything I could in my way of understanding this, in my belief system, to do what I could to preserve this. I found it to be important to honor the commitment I made. I found it important to work on this. To me, that's the guarantee. I can guarantee you that I can give you the tools you need to be able to work on this To get to the place where you are clear, regardless of outcome, that you did the best you could with the best information you could to rebuild what you want. You did courageous work. That's where you are when you take this on. Now, courage is facing your fear. And Susan, that's really what you're talking about. You have fears about even starting this. I understand that, I've seen it over and over. But don't let fears choose whether you're taking action or not. Fear is not your friend. Fear is not giving you good advice. Fear is just afraid of more hurt. Courage is about saying, I don't care about that. I want to do what's important. I want to do what I can to move forward with this. So, Susan, that's my advice to you is not to worry about the guarantee, at least not the guarantee of saving your marriage, but the guarantee that you'll put forth your effort. Now, for Susan, anyone else that's interested, I do have the Save the Marriage system. It is designed to give you the tools so you give it the best shot at your efforts to do what you can so that you know that you've done everything in your power to move forward. And that's what I want to give you. So if you're interested in that, find that at savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. This is Lee Balkum, wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.